Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. And continuing with Women Empowerment Women's History Month, I am chatting with the amazing Greta Nance today. Greta is just such an inspiration. If Follow her on Instagram if you get a chance. She's very, her stories especially, um, she's very forthcoming. She tells it like it is. There, She's very authentic. And that's why I think I love her so much. I had the distinct privilege of hearing her and meeting her a couple, a year and a half ago at a WEX conference, which is a women empowerment conference. And she just, I just, there was something about her that just made me say, okay, I'm going to start following her on Instagram. And then as I started following her and she was very um, forthcoming and authentic about her having a tummy tuck and all this other stuff and saying, hey, I tried it all these years, but I can't get rid of this. I need to get it done. And the confidence that she has in just actually sharing and wanting to share her story so that other women know what it's like is amazing. I love how she is using social media to be more intentional about what she does and sharing others how they sharing with others how they can be intentional. So I hope you really enjoy this chat with Greta. I was so honored that she agreed to be on. I mean, I I messaged her. She said, "Yeah, I'll come on." So you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Um, today I'm joined by Greta, but before we get into this, since it's Women History, Women Appreciation Month, I wanted to share a quote by Meryl Streep. And Greta, I actually pulled this quote out thinking about you when I pulled the quote. It says, oh boy. I think the best role models for women are people who are fruitfully and confidently themselves who bring light into the world. And that's how you are on social media. You are totally... <laughs> What you see is what you get on social media, flaws and all, right? I do my best <laughs> to be as authentically me as I can because it does seem to be what I resonate with with other women. So therefore, it would make sense that, hey, if I want you know, to have a community and to really create genuine friendships, I better let my guard down. That's true. So tell us who Greta is. Oh, my God. Well, there's a million ways we could go there because I do feel like I have quite a multifaceted life. Um, but my name is Greta Nance. I am fairly recently remarried. Um, I have two sons from a previous marriage and two stepdaughters for my new marriage, which has been a whole nother aspect of my life, blended family and parenting and all of that. Um, but I also, weirdly enough, started in the plastic surgery industry, which was never on my radar, never what I thought I was, um, lots of stereotypes surrounding that industry, um, and absolutely fell in love with the women that I got to connect with every single day. And they can't get rid of me. I've worked at multiple practices in the last 18 years, but this is what I wanna do for the rest of my life, is help women, at Just it's just one way to gain confidence or control over some aspect of your life that feels out of control. And that's kind of snowballed especially in the last five years into, hey, it's like this continuous idea of continuous improvement. Um, that's just one thing. Plastic surgery is not gonna, Botox isn't gonna solve anybody's issue. There's all kinds of other things we can work on. And I'm on that journey for myself. And I just, social media has been such a great way to share it. And so it's almost a challenge now to keep learning fresh things, coming up with a great habits app that I can share with people. Like 
I truly am using it selfishly first and foremost to keep myself on the rails. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, personal growth, you know, with the plastic surgery side of things, that's a lot of fun, but just investing in myself and hopefully inspiring other women is kind of what my last five years have really, really looked like. But you haven't always been like that. So take us through the journey of how you went from <laughs> where you are now to where you were to begin with. It's embarrassing, <laughs> but no, that's why, that's why we're, we're putting it all out there. Like I fall victim and now can back up very quickly to these two perfect social media accounts too. And so my goal is always to be like, yeah, I might look like I have it together on one aspect of my life, but I'm going to do everything I can to let you know, I don't have it together in these things. Um, but I, I, um, I was an overachiever and a people pleaser that built and became more toxic through my 20s and 30s, ended in a divorce after 15 years that I really didn't see coming. And I really had invested no time and effort in myself, mentally mainly, <laughs> or there was zero self-awareness. Um, I don't feel like the idea of personal development and personal growth and self-awareness was a big topic in my 20s and early 30s, but I had no choice but to look at that when all of a sudden I was single at 36 years old with two kids and I had no, like I was blown away by who I was and I didn't know where I wanted to go and I didn't even know anything about myself. And so I felt like I really had two options, um, bury my head in the sand, which I totally understand why lots of people do. I mean, I did numb out in my own certain ways, but I found it very cathartic to share. And I would say after about a year, that first year, I really did do a lot of the tendencies women do, but just kind of hole myself off. I was in survival mode. I, you know, I don't know how to do my own finances. Where am I going to live? Like I had no, I had managed to coast through my life without having to really face it. Um, and so about a year in, I'm like, all right, I got an option here. <laughs> and so I remember actually being in like an apartment alone, a one bedroom apartment and bringing like a whiteboard home from work and kind of making quadrants of like, all right, where are areas in my life? Like it was my very first concept of like, I've got some improvement to do and I don't even know where to begin. So let me try segment my life into some of these things. All right, spiritual or health and fitness, mental health, family, and then well, let me list some things that I can do to be better in these things and start attacking it. And then five years later, I feel like I'm probably doing it still some out of fear. I'm so scared to slide backwards. And I also feel like I have a lot of ground to make up. You know, I really did. I lived my life with my head buried in the sand and I, and that really bums me out. You know, I, I was oblivious to most of my 20s and 30s. And so now I feel this need to constantly listen to something new, learn something new. We at, at the office here, we call it like uncovering rocks and seeing the squiggly stuff underneath that you have to face. <laughs> I'm like, I turned over another rock today. I found something else gross about myself. Um, but each time that self-awareness, I can make better decisions. I can have stronger relationships. Like I do not want to repeat the past. Um, so it's really cool that I kind of have found a way to segue that into what I do for a living because it turns out everyone who comes in here also wants the same thing. They want to be more intentional about their life or they want to have a better workout routine or I don't know, like I, I'm not here to teach health or fitness or things like that, but it's mm -hmm. like just the idea of you took this step because you wanted to be intentional about something. I bet you'll want to be intentional about other things. Let's learn together. Yeah, I love how the fact you talked about being intentional about other things, because even though you are, you did have a tummy tuck, you did go in and you showed scars and all on your social sure media, did. but you also showed, hey, I'm working out to make sure that I don't get back to mm -hmm. that was just a process to get those muscles back after having two mm -hmm. kids. Any mom knows that your stomach just doesn't go back after having two kids. No. And you know, what's funny. I mean, I've worked in this industry a long time and my youngest was, my oldest was 11 or 12 when I had it done. Like it wasn't a, a lot of people do it when their kids are 
younger, like I'd known this was kind of something that I might want to do one day, but I really did want to diet and exercise as hard as I could first and get myself to where I wanted to go. But then once I started exploring it and almost all of my research these days is done through Instagram. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I want to see a real person. Like I want to connect with someone and I could not find like a good role model or someone who shared, there was one girl going through a tummy tuck around the same time. And she's like, so I'm moving into this guest wing in my home for four weeks and I bought a recliner and I've, I mean, it was, I'm like, this is not realistic. Like I want to be a realistic or authentic tummy tuck. I'm going to put out the good, bad and ugly, but I don't have four weeks to take off. I don't have a wing in my home. Like it really made me realize how much crap was out there about tummy tucks and it was really scary. Like this girl was like, I got to take four weeks off. You do not need to take four weeks off. Like let's not scare people. So my goal was just to make it more realistic and potentially achievable for someone to at least consider. So it, it was the highlight of my year last year, journaling it, like not having it. <laughs> it was great. I'm <laughs> glad I had it. But the actual experience of connecting with other women during it, I had, I was blown away by how many women were like, thank God, thank you for doing this. Thank you for documenting the surgery or people were like, that's gross. But mm -hmm. I really wanted, I'm not pro-surgery. I'm just pro-educate yourself and decide whether you want to do it or not because it's not for everybody. But, and yeah, working out has now, I'm, I didn't put my body through that and my family through that and my wallet through that to <laughs> slip back into habits that are very easy for us all to slip into. So I kind of the intentionality behind, all right, I'm going to do this, but here is what I'm going to hold myself accountable to afterwards has really been helpful as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's when I really started following you is when you did the tummy tuck and everything and oh, just following you because you were like, okay, this is day two. I'm not going to lie. It's hurt. The, the, the incision hurts. Here's what it looks like. I am. It's going to be graphics so beware. Pass yeah. through the screens if you want to go through. But I mean, yeah. to be on, to be open and honest and authentic about that and just come and say, this is what it looks like. Because there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that are like, oh, no, you'll be fine. You only hurt mm -hmm. a little bit. You know, you're bounced right back, you know. And you were like, no, there, it's going to hurt like a you know what every once in a while, you know. Yeah. And it's going to take time. And I just, we can, as women, we can make better decisions when we have all the facts. And I do think in a lot of ways, and I could talk about the plastic surgery industry as a whole forever. It's a broken system. You know, if some woman wants to find out if she's even a candidate, I don't even know if I even would want this. They have to pay, you know, make an appointment to go in and usually see a male physician, get naked, then you get to ask your questions. Like that infuriates me. And you know, the courage it takes someone to go through that and even get into that process. Like, hey, let me show you the thing. I basically won't even show my husband. I paid you for it just to even find out how much it is or what the scar looks like. Like, especially after going through that process personally a year and a half ago, I guess it's a little more than a year ago. I've spent the last year doing everything I can to put those resources just out there for free as much as I can. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, don't, if you don't have 10 grand, cool, but the, like you shouldn't waste your, you don't, while they're going through the process, like, or if you can't take two weeks off work, this is maybe not a right now thing, not for, not, not forever, but I don't know. I, I really felt that. And I was like, I, I can't wait to start putting out more information that women can learn from home. Then COVID happened anyway, and we were forced to put out content from home. So it actually kind of worked out really well, I hope. And I love, I really do think that I helped women to at least either get it off there out of their head. All right, cool. I saw that. That was gross. Never doing that. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Because then you're not in there all thinking about it. Like, put it to bed or go in and find out. Like, I, I really, I think that a lot of women struggle with that part yeah and a lot of women struggle with you know plastic surgery is not the way god made us and then there's other things my thing is if it's going to make you feel good 
then you should do it if you can afford it. Correct. Yeah. And it's, if it's the right time for you and your family and it's safe and you've really thought about it, like I definitely, I think there's a spectrum that everyone is on and I'm obviously probably more towards the end of the spectrum of, I do like to invest in myself. I have watched investing in myself pay off tenfold. Like I'm a better mother. Like people say that lightly, but it's no, no, no. It's really true. I'm actually a better parent when my own needs are met and I can be a hundred percent present and confident with my kids and I'm not having all this negative self-talk. I can be a better employee. I can be a better friend. Like I have taken risks that I never would have taken before trying some of these things. I moved to another country in a month, <laughs> stayed there for four years. Like I'm telling you, I don't think I would have done these things without confidence and confidence comes in lots of different, like it doesn't have to be a body confident or a face confident. Like mm -hmm. there are other ways, but at least for me and the lots and lots of the women I get to meet every day, this is a piece of, I've done everything I could by myself. Why would I not ask for help to get where mm -hmm. I'm trying to go? Cause it truly, the connection of confidence and mindset is so strong. Yeah, that's true. And now let's talk about being intentional. Now, you said you had mm -hmm. the first marriage where you were blindsided by divorce, but I've noticed that now you kind of make it a, a point to have date night with your husband now, your current husband, and and sitting down on Sundays because this is all on her Instagram, guys. So yes. <laughs> it's not like stop. It holds me accountable by putting it out there. So. Mm -hmm. And then on um, Sunday nights, so you'll sit down with them and you'll go do mm -hmm. calendars. A lot of couples yep. don't do that. So let's talk about that. He probably is annoyed by me, <laughs> but I am, I don't know. There's also something really magical about two people who had prior relationships and they're bringing baggage to the table. And I was so fearful about repeating the mistakes. All of a sudden I was learning about on a daily basis when I really first started like self-discovery, but we just need to talk about them. And then we need to put something in place to make sure it keeps happening. And honestly, he's helped me a tremendous amount with that. Um, but early on, I kind of came across that concept of a wheel of life. And it's a very general, like I think a lot of life coaches use it. But I was like, I liked this analogy of, you know, a wheel and everybody's, everybody's wheel looks a little different. You know, yours might have spirituality and marriage and personal growth. And what, like, what are the ingredients that make up you? And then, hey, you don't get to ignore multiple pieces of your wheel because a tire will only run so long on a flat tire before it explodes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like perfect representation of what happened to my first marriage. I really thought I could just go all in on career and ignore my marriage or, you know, I went all in on parenting and ignored other parts of my life and my life blew up. And so even though, I hate talking about finances. I hate, hate, hate it. But I recognize like it's a part of my wheel that if I ignored it, I can't just stuff bills in drawer and hope life is going to turn out okay. So I actually drew it at first. I remember in the beginning, all right, what are these pieces that would make up me? And what are just two or three or four things? Maybe it's only once a month. Like my financial thing, I don't want to talk about it very often, but once a month, and I need to 30 minutes, just run through the bank account and be like, are there any surprises? Oh, hey, I do have this thing coming up. Like that has saved so many pent up negativity conversations. And the coffee and calendaring one is a perfect one too. We didn't figure that one out for a couple of years into our marriage and or into our relationship where every week one of us felt caught off guard by, wait, and, and usually it was him been caught off guard by my crazy schedule. And I'm like, oh, didn't I tell you about that? Oh, and he, and so it kept happening. And we're like, we have to do something. What if, and we just made it up. It is now one of my favorite parts of the week because it's the reset. And I hated always making him feel caught off guard. I hated adding chaos to his week. Um, and so now I don't care if he's out of town. I'm like, let's, Let's do it. What What do you have on your calendar? It helps me meal plan for the week. It helps. We have four kids in three different schools. Like it's the only way we can keep on top of all of that. But if you don't, it doesn't sound sexy, 
You know, if you don't, but if you don't put intention or a system or some kind of structure around every single one of those things, I your flat your tire is going to go flat and it's going to explode. And like one of mine is like a self care kind of thing, and it was embarrassing for me to put that on my wheel. But I really had I kind of worked through that exercise with a friend, and she was like, "Hey, that's important to you. Like, why do you think it's vain or selfish?" And so I'm trying to own that mentally right mm -hmm. now but like hey if i don't spend x amount of time either alone or investing in myself or doing this thing i'm not the best i can be for greta that's what just makes up my makeup so that whole kind of wheel of life and then out of that born some intentional things is literally how i live my whole life now yeah why do you think so you just said that you putting self care on their will of life was kind of hard for you that's that judgment that all moms and all women pretty much feel. What do you think that we feel that? Is it the pressure of society or what? I don't. Jenny and I actually did a podcast once on like vanity. And at least for me, I remember a moment of my dad calling me vain as a child. And remember that song, like, You're So Vain? Mm -hmm. like that, he sang that at me when I was like messing with my hair. And I, I right away was like, okay, it's not okay to care how I look like, and that has always, you know, that stuff sticks with you, but it is when, when there are so many important things you could put on your wheel of life, it's hard for me to put that up there. Cause you sit here and go, well, I should do more volunteer work or I should do this, but in my forties now I'm trying to own a little more like, Hey, that's just what makes me up and making sure that piece is filled is helping me have these things can, can make me a better parent. Can I can find more time and peace to give back to other people. Like I just had to own that. But yeah, I do think that's, I don't know why we pride ourselves in running hard and not paying any attention to ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, it is like a badge of honor that I wore for a long time too. So what does Greta do for self-care? Oh, well, most of mine is, appearance related, which it shouldn't, but honestly, I, maybe this is my way of trying to spin it and make it okay. I love the connection with other women when I'm talking about it, you know, like it just seems to be something that always brings women together too. It's fun. I always enjoyed playing with my hair or I don't know, trying out something new. I always did enjoy that, but a hundred, if we're really going mental self-care at first, I need alone time at least once a week. And I don't get that always, but I, that's why I really actually, I have been posting more about that. I'm trying to get up a lot earlier than the rest of my family. And I think that that is, is filling that need. It was running. I get out and I just run far away <laughs> and I come back an hour and a half later and I've listened to music, but with the winter, it's been really hard to do that. Mm -hmm. So I get up at least an hour before my kids, um, which isn't always my favorite. I don't want to wake up in the dark. Um, I kind of have like a chair now and I have a blanket and I make my coffee and I meditate or I just get caught up on stuff. And I feel like I get to start my day as Greta instead of mom chaos or work chaos. Um, so that helps a lot. But my husband knows I have some maintenance routines every <laughs> month. <laughs> There's one happening tomorrow, thank God. And he teases me about it sometimes. And I'm quick to be like, Hey, buddy, you know, you get your hunting or you get your this. Don't trivialize what is important to me. I feel really good tackling a 12 or 14 or 16 hour day when I feel good about the way I look. So some of that is hair. You know, I like to get my hair done. I like to get my nails done. Um, and I and I'm owning that nowadays. But yeah, alone time, exercise. The maintenance of being in your forties, <laughs> that, that keeps me all together. And talk about giving yourself grace. I was watching you and Jenny the other day on your Instagram mm -hmm. when you guys went live and you were talking about, yeah, I didn't work out this morning because I had a little <laughs> bit too much wine last night, but I did yeah. get up and do some other things, but I'm giving myself grace because of that. Yeah. Um, I, that's newer to my skill set grace giving myself grace is not a natural thing I, I don't know why for women it probably goes back to again that need to overachieve um 
but it's like the dieting or all or nothing. Like if you go all, you will fall off the wagon. Like I, I think I did that for 15 years every New Year's. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do this. And maybe that is tied to it. Jenny and I always try to do like try January. And a couple of years ago, we did it. And then the next year, we kind of did it. And then, but we kind of supported each other and we're like, hey, we cut down. You know, I don't know. It's, I think we beat ourselves up so hard and then slide all the way back to the beginning, which is such a mistake. Um, instead of, cool, I took a day or two off. That's not going to ruin everything. Um, but somehow that did not resonate with me until I got a little older. I kept being like, okay, that's what people who couldn't white knuckle it to the end say. Mm. And that's just not true. I, I want to be a happy mom and wife. I don't want to do anything that would white knuckle me so hard that I'm a miserable, you know what, you know? And I found that these extreme diets I have done in the past or anyone does or the, I'm not going to do this. It didn't really get me to what I was wanting anyway. Like if I dug into, hey, I'm trying to create better habits and routines, you can miss a day or two here. So, and, and honestly, having someone like Jenny, I am so lucky that I get to work with and around women. And, you know, even if you don't work with them, connecting with them online or finding some other people has made a difference. Unfollowing people that I don't want to be like has made a big difference too. But God, I want to be around real people who are okay saying I drank too much wine last night. I'm not going to work out today, but here's what I'm going to do instead. It's so mm -hmm. much more relatable. And it, it I don't know, it, surrounding yourself with people like that who will help you give yourself grace has made a big difference for me too. So you said you took the social media because you wanted to make yourself accountable. When we were talking about it before we came on, you said, but then all of a sudden people are starting to follow you because mm -hmm. you are doing intentional stuff. And they're like, oh, you're being an inspiration to us. So how does mm -hmm. that make you feel? I'm not good at that. Like I need to find like a kind, I'm, I think I do the thing women do undoubtedly and be like, you're crazy. You know, like it doesn't, I don't understand I, why I'm inspiring people. And I need to start to learn to own that um, because I love doing it. I'm constantly like, what can I read that I could share? Or, oh, I saw this girl say this to me. Let me go find a podcast I could send to her. I don't know. It's, it is something I need to start finding a way to be like, thank you but it, it still yet doesn't feel deserving. And I don't understand it because I do feel like my life is still, there is nothing perfect about it. So it is funny. Most people think um, that's what inspires someone. Look at her perfect life. Mine is very imperfect. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy to me that people find inspiration, but I hope they're just finding tips because I do think these perfect Instagram accounts, sure, they're sharing some clothes. Sometimes I follow them, but it's usually nothing I can afford or nothing that would fit a 42-year-old should wear or would want to wear. Um, but they're not really sharing mental health stuff or self-improvement stuff. Um, there are some neat uh, psychologists I follow and life coaches, but even them, they don't do this sharing their own story. They're just like, here's a tool. So I do think there is something unique that Jenny and I are really trying to do more purposefully of on one hand, sharing our own story for relatability and then sharing a tip on the other hand of like, no, truly we did this and here is how it's changed our life or we did it and it didn't change our life. But mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people are out there trying to do that. And God, it's not contrived. Jenny, Jenny has a crazy ass story too. Like she had a crazy life. Like she had an addiction problem. There are some all kinds of neat things and we have both managed to flip our lives around and we want to share that both sides of it. Wow. I'm just, I, I'm still in awe. I mean, the fact that you're so authentic about it, I think that's why you inspire so many people because you're like, this is it, the good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> You know? Well, I don't, I don't know why I don't have a filter, um, but I'll tell it's burned me a time or two, but it's 
brought so much to my life. I wouldn't like, I, I wish I could impart that confidence to do that more to other women. It could sharing your scars. There was a good blog post I read one time and it, I'm going to mess it up, but it was like scars or battle wounds are like the only connecting thing across languages, across sex, across race, like, and nobody shares their wounds. <laughs> But putting that out there is immediately, whether you recognize that person in yourself or if you're in a different social economic status, I don't know, but sharing that, everybody's got to, ooh, that hurts me too. And so I was like, you know, I lived through this perfectionist time and people pleasing time and I never would have said this stuff. You know, I think a lot of women suffer from imposter syndrome, yeah. me too. Yeah. Oh my God, I don't want to be, I don't want to be found out. Like if I start to tell you it's not as great as it seems, up oh, all of a sudden I'm going to get found out. Um, so I think all of that piled on so many women and me too. It's still an onion unraveling. Um, there is no clear cut, whatever. But this is working for me, and I hope it's working for lots of other people. This, the conversations seem to be going in the right direction that at least I've been hearing and a part of. Um, and I'm so excited about that. Yeah. So let's talk about um, blending families because obviously you said you had come in and two, and a lot of women deal with that, having to you know, divorce, dealing with after divorce, and then you blend your families. And so that has to be a whole nother ball game. I, so I got the, this really unique opportunity fairly early on to, to, to be on someone's podcast about my divorce. And I, I do feel like that was like one of these pin, pivotal moments in your life too. Like I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this out publicly. Like I think I texted my ex-husband and just, just like FYI, I'm going to talk about this. Um, and he was a little weirded out by it. But I was like, you know what? I kept it a secret when I was first getting divorced for almost six months from almost everyone that we were even separated. I was so embarrassed. And I thought, you know, Greta's been married for 15 years. She has these two kids. Everyone thinks I'm perfect. I better not lose that. And I didn't, none of my friends, I thought, were having any issues in their marriages. So I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to. Um, and it was an awful way to go through that first six months to a year. And so I kind of felt this need to like talk about it a bunch more afterwards. But I, I oh, and once I did, everyone's divorced. Like it's such a mm -hmm. funny thing that when you put something out to the universe, all of a sudden, like when I finally did start talking about it. So I do wish number one, women would talk about it more because, oh my God, everyone's divorced. Okay, not everyone's divorced, but I couldn't believe how many women I could have learned from. But what it also made me realize is everyone's situation is just so different. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think I have a pretty good blended family situation. And so I would never want to give advice. Oh my God, there's some awful heartbreaking stories out there. I think mine's pretty good and it's still hard every day. Like no one wants this. No one wants this for their mm -hmm. children. Um, but I, and I don't have great communication with my ex-husband. Like I could probably do a better job, but you know what we didn't in our marriage. And so of course that wouldn't change. We just didn't communicate period. It wasn't bad communication. There was just no communication. No communication. Um, so I, I ha sometimes I'm like, is he alive? I don't, I don't know. I text with his current wife every single day. She's great, but I haven't heard from him in like six months. So whatever, <laughs> that's fine. The kids are taken care of, but I'm, Oh, I'm, something changed with my relationship with the kids around that time. I will, I will always probably baby them a little more now. It's always, I, I still have some guilt wrapped up in that whole thing of, I hope I didn't ruin them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was really lucky to meet a man who we happened to be on kind of the same kids schedule anyway, but gosh, there's so many tough conversations that have had to ha been had schools. Hey, we don't agree on that. You know what was really hard? Co-parenting during COVID. Oh, I can imagine. No. Someone could do a whole blog post on that. Um, I have a girlfriend in here who's divorced and thank God we and I, she and I talk about it all the time. Her ex-husband was like one of the, I'm not going to leave my house for a year 
people. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I need, I have to work. The kids need to go to a babysitter. I mean, they almost went to court. You know, what happens when you truly have opposite ends of the spectrum? Mine has not been that bad. It's been some tough conversations about should they do virtual? Should they do this? Mm-hmm. We we are 50-50 sharing of custody. But yeah, we have four kids in three different schools and exes that live across the county. Um, so it's a lot of driving and it's not ideal. But I don't know. I think it's made all of us better parents. Um, it's it's made my ex-husband a better parent. It's definitely made me a better parent. Like we're better parents separate than we were together, um, for sure. And I, I hope I I was worried about doing that first podcast because of what my kids would read or hear mm-hmm. about it. If they ever I'm sure they will care zero. But I was like, <laughs> I I I owe this to them to let them know that I'm figuring it out too and I'm gonna do my best. Um, so we've got many more years of it. So ask me when the kids are t- more teenagers and I might have something totally terrible to say, but so far it's, it's I've, I've got one of the better stories. Well, that's good, that's amazing. Um, but how do you, when you're juggling kids, how do you find time for yourself and find time for your husband? So one of the best parts about divorce is shared custody. <laughs> I should not say that it sounds awful because actually I've met a lot of women who are divorced and have sole custody. And I'm like, oh my God, you poor thing. I can't even imagine. I get a built-in break every week. And I mean, I hate that, but I have really learned to use that wisely. Like that is when I do laundry. That is when, like when I was a full-time mom, I feel like I ignored my kids all the time because I was like, we got to do this. Now we got to do this. Like I did everything. But while they were there, my time was never intentional with them. Now I do get this break, you know, every couple of days I get a day or two. And that's when I try to do all my meal planning, grocery shopping. So my time with them can be intentional. Um, But there's some really neat articles and studies that have come out about parenting and quality of time versus quantity of time spent with them. And especially after I got divorced and I was so upset, I'm like, oh my God, they're not going to get their mom 50% of the time. A couple of people sent me these articles about, no, no, no. It's about the quality of time you spend with them, not the quantity. Like they truly go on to be more successful, balanced, happy, healthy people when they have intentional time. And I wasn't being intentional as a full-time mom. So I am very intentional now as a part-time mom to make <laughs> that time. And I want, I want routine for them. Like I felt like this could be very chaotic. They're going to different houses. We do stick to the same exact schedule every week going back and forth. But now every Wednesday we have family night and that means pizza and someone gets to pick a movie and or game, you know, Thursday night is outdoor night. Like we stick to something every time and the kids know what to expect and our phones are away. Like that was never anything I did before getting divorced and before kind of adopting this idea of intentionality um, that I do now. And I think I think it's helped every single one of us for sure to be intentional. And it's given me peace of mind that I didn't ruin them. I didn't break them necessarily. <laughs> Maybe I did, but I hope I didn't. But they gotta know when I'm there with them, I'm present and that's okay. I love that, that you're the quality of time, not the quantity Mm -hmm. of time. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents get stuck on, I have to be with my child Mm -hmm. 24 seven, but then they realize that some of the time spent doing laundry, doing dishes, doing household chores, so they're not actually even with the child. No, or I'm, this is my, you know, I got to get off this around the kids, but we're constantly evolving it. The other day, my husband said to me, hey, I don't think we're spending enough time with four kids one-on-one sometimes with just one of them. So, or I'm not spending enough time with his daughters and vice versa. So once a month we've started, I take my stepdaughters to go do something. He take, you know, cause four kids, nobody's getting a ton of attention. Yeah. So as we see these things pop up, I hope now we've got the um, kind of internal routines built to keep pivoting, but being intentional about it. Cause I don't want to look up where every day is lost. It's gone. 
Like I'll never, I don't, I'm an Enneagram seven, if you're familiar with the Enneagram. And our biggest fear, or we have major FOMO, and it's a real, real thing for me. I'm so afraid of regret. I'm so afraid of looking back and being like, I wish I did X. So I shouldn't let that drive me always, but it does. Like, I don't want these girls to look back and be like, hey, my stepmom never spent any one-on-one time with us. So um, yeah, that's been a new thing. That's been a lot of fun for me to get to take them, leave the boys at home, the girls get to go do something. Yeah, I'm an Enneagram too, so I'm the giver and I'm the one that doesn't like people, you know, doesn't want people not to like them. I know all about the two. That's what my husband is. <laughs> they are, I think they're a great person to be married to. Like, especially now that I understand his motive. Like, obviously he gives and gives. Sometimes he gives to a fault. Mm-hmm. And, but he, um, our relationship is the most important thing to him, you know? And so that is so helpful to me to be aware of. The Enneagram has been a huge self-awareness tool for me. And it's helped me a lot with parenting because I'm 99% sure I know what my kids are. And I kind of gave them the test in a roundabout way. And man, just understanding more about them. I wish my parents had had, had that as a tool parenting me. Um, it's, it's a really cool tool. So Enneagram twos are the best. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> they feel like they're the worst because they... <laughs> The need to feel loved. <laughs> That's the one of their Your heart favorites. is very big. So let's talk about some of the tools that you use to be intentional. I have one because I actually got it today. I haven't used it yet, but oh I know God. you this a lot. See, you influenced me to buy this. I'm so glad. It's Someone gave it to me as a gift, and I was like, eh, I don't know about this. I've never been a journaler. But I do recognize um, I get a little resentful. Sometimes I overwhelm myself often and I read an article about like resentment and the, the way to solve that is like gratitude, like God, have some more perspective. And weirdly enough, someone gave me that as a gift when I uh, got engaged and I'm like, all right, I'll give this a shot. But what I really like about that is the first chapter that explains this is not bullshit. The psychological part that the, the what we're changing in our brains by forcing ourselves to see the good actually sticks with you. And it is so much easier for me to look on the bright side, not get overwhelmed, see the best in people after starting that journal. And now I I buy another one every six months. I think I have like six of them already. Like it is a great way to start and end your day. I'm so, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Yeah, I was like, cool, let me try it. I said, because I'm always one that I get a journal and then I start it and then I don't finish it. You know how that goes. I know. I, know. I like how that one, like, you have to even write like a promise in the beginning and you have to pay yourself back if you don't do it. But I'm telling you, I, I'm with you. I have so many books unfinished, but that one, I can tell when I've skipped for a couple of days, I start to get just, you know, and... I'm like, oh, I got out of the habit again. I mean, two and a half minutes in the morning, two and a half minutes in the evening, I promise. And sure, here or there, I miss a day or two. Um, but it is such, it starts a habit for you. And it, and it creates other habits. Like, it makes you want to be more intentional. So that was truly probably the first thing I started um, regularly. And And sure, not everything happens every single day. But that helped me to eventually, at the beginning of COVID is when I kind of started a meditation. You know, I'm not a meditator. My brain is going too much too fast. Mm -hmm. I thought that's not for me. But I felt a little crazy at the start of COVID about this not, I can't control anything. All the kids are home. Mm -hmm. And Headspace was the app I use. I think there's a ton of great ones. But Mm -hmm. I think it sold me because it was like 10 minute meditations. I'm like, okay, I can sit here for 10 minutes. And man, that has been a great tool for me. Um, You know what I love too? Personal retreats. I've talked about them some, but they're only a once a year thing. So I don't feel like the frequency is talked about enough. Um, Personal retreats have been a game changer for me. One night or two nights, once a year, solely alone. I'm noticing year after year when I Google personal retreat, there are more and more 
blog posts about them, articles, suggestions. Like when I started five years ago, there really weren't. It was like, take a business retreat, but there weren't many. What is a personal retreat and what would I do on one? Um, and they are a great reset for me. And uh, you go away, you go to an Airbnb or you go to someone's house, but or a, a lot of people go to a hotel. Um, and you just, you can work through a workbook or you can read a book, but you kind of, let me look where I've been in this past year, my highs, my lows, what went well, what didn't, you know, let's figure out what I want way in the future. And you just kind of, you can also take naps in between then you go for walks. Like it's a, it's a special weekend with yourself. And every time I do it, I'm like, this is the best thing. How come more people don't do this? It truly is my time to make sure I'm actually on the path I want to be on. Um, so I know that's not like a everyday routine, but it is mm -hmm. write it down. Highly recommended. Yeah. Plus you do sometimes you do retreats like when you have you don't have your kids at home and like your husband's away. Like you I, focus, you don't fill it up with a lot of friends. You fill it up with time for yourself. Yeah. And you know what? I probably need to do better on the friend thing though. Wheel of life. Like I, I there are ones we all naturally gravitate to, but I, I, I want robust with female friendships grow, going forward. And I got to remember to invest in those things. But I do think my life is so chaotic right now. When I get the opportunity, like an alone weekend, I'm like, Oh my God, it's so exciting to me. And COVID has made things harder with visiting friends. Um, but you're right. I I try to not zone out because again, I feel like I really zoned out or drank wine, aka numbed out for like 15 years of my life. Like I didn't want to go through the painful parts. So I just numbed out. Now I am like, well, the painful parts are what you got to go to to get to the high part. So. Mm -hmm. I'm more along for that ride too. Um, but I, I'm a huge Audible fan. I'm a huge podcast fan. Um, when I moved to Wake Forest, so about 40 minutes out from where my work is, I made kind of a commitment like I'll listen to one crime podcast a week and, you know, maybe one day just listen to the radio. But to me, that's zoning out now. But the rest of the time, I'm going to try and learn something. Just one thing. By the time I get to work, by osmosis, hopefully something will have poured into me. And man, there are just so many good ones out there. Like I'm, I'm dying to get in my car all the time. I know that's not a good thing for everyone. If you don't have a drive, I'm so sorry because man, what a gift it has been to find some women and some authors and get to listen to them read the book for you or there's just, I mean, I don't even know how many podcasts are out there. This feels like there's a million and a new one every single minute. Um, but swapping that out for numbing out or zoning out on my way to work has made a massive difference in my life, too. Wow. You have dropped so many truth bombs on us. Is there <laughs> one little nugget that you can leave us with? Oh, my God. One nugget. Um, Don't. Don't realize, don't not realize that these are the good old days like right now. We talk about that a lot in the office and we're like, hey, don't forget, one day we're going to look back and this was like the good old days. Today is that day. And so I think about that again through FOMO some probably, but I'm like, I'm a definitely you only live once kind of person and I don't, you don't want to look back and be like, hey, I could have done a little bit more today. So um, these are the good old days right now, even though we're wishing this time away with COVID and some other things. So there is truly something great you can do out of today, as bad as it seems, even if it's hard, like get started. And where can people find you at if you want them to follow well, you on social media? So for inspiration. I live on Instagram. I know I probably should diversify a little more, but my Instagram handle is Greta Nance, but with two T's. Um, and I would love to connect with people. I'm always on there trying to learn. I love following hashtags on Instagram of like personal growth or marriage tips. 
like then the stuff is fed to you. So I'm always trying to share the stuff that I find on there because it's helpful to me too. Yeah. Greta, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing about your journey and for being more intentional so that other people could be more intentional. I mean, you've been an inspiration to me and that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on as well. Uh, thank you so much, Melissa. So, so much. This was so fun and it's a, it's a, it's a real honor. All right, guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Wow, guys, I am so happy that Greta came on. She is exactly how you, she was on the show. It's how she is on social media. It's how she is in real life. Um, the thing that I showed is the five-minute journal, and I will actually link that in the show notes. Um, so if you want to get a five-minute journal, it's something that I'm going to try to do. It's totally changed your life. It's like two and a half minutes in the morning, two and a half minutes at night to, to look at things and be more grateful for things and to have an intention of gratitude. It's so amazing. There was another thing that really struck me as well, and I will also put that in the show notes, is about the will of life. And just listening to all that Greta has gone through in her life and realizing that, hey, after a 15-year marriage, just imploded and not really knowing what to do, trying to, you know, hide or bury her head in the sand, which I have a tendency to do as well, um, she realized, hey, I have to do something. I have to be intentional in the way, I, that, the way I think about things, intentional with the way I feel about myself, how I care for myself, how I care for my family. And so that's how it all came about. And then she just started sharing it on social media with others. And I absolutely love her. Everybody that I have spoken to about her absolutely loves Greta. So I really, if you get a chance, go follow her on social media. Because she is such a joy to follow. And I was so honored that she came on the podcast. And I'm so honored that you guys are actually still listening to the podcast. So if you would please like leave a review or subscribe if you're watching on youtube i would love for you to subscribe on youtube if you head over to the youtube channel shouts from the log cabin but if not if you're listening anywhere that you're listening to review rate subscribe um it helps me a lot it helps to get more of my more of these shows in front of more people um Thank you so much, and I can't wait to share with you the next person that's coming up. There's some amazing people still down the road. We're halfway through the month of March, and we still more to come. So you know what I need you to do? I need you to be blessed, and remember, keep chatting with each other.